Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 690. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Transform any phone into your business phone with eVoice. Go to eVoice.com slash fire for your 30-day free trial. In Fire Nation, you'll get $5 off your bill every month. That's eVoice.com slash fire. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Mike Malloy. Mike, are you prepared to ignite Yes, I am. (laughs) All right. Mike is a pro Frisbee player who travels the world selling sunglasses and helping people. He's the CEO at Waveborn, a socially responsible sunglasses company that sells handcrafted Italian sunglasses and donates prescription reading glasses around the world. Mike, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute and tell us about you personally so we can get to know you, and then we'll dive in. Thanks again for the intro. My name is Mike. I grew up here in Annapolis, Maryland, and went to undergrad at Boston College, uh, where I studied computer science and math. Uh, After college, I moved down to Washington, D.C., and worked as a consultant with Deloitte for four years um, in the federal practice. While there, I got involved with a small little sunglass company called Waveborn. It started as kind of a fun side project while I was still working full-time with Deloitte and getting my master's in computer science at Georgetown. Um, after about a year with Wayborn, and as I was finishing up my master's program, I decided to quit the firm and move to Dewey Beach, Delaware for the summer to sell sunglasses and really take the business to the next level. Um, it's been over two years now, kind of on the other side as a full-time entrepreneur and CEO running the company, and I'm excited for the opportunity to kind of share my story and experiences with the audience today. Well, it definitely has been a journey, Mike. I mean, you know, first off, you started up at Boston College, which back in the day was uh, an arch nemesis of my alumni, Providence College. We would do some pretty nice battles back when BC was in the Big East. But, um, you know, then you left, you went and did a little Deloitte action, which is a pretty typical, uh, pretty typical job for a lot of people that are getting out and looking to make a lot of money, but it obviously didn't resonate with you for a lot of reasons. So then you took that entrepreneurial leap. Here you are with Waveborn, and we're going to have a lot to talk about. But before we do, we always start with a success quote, Mike. So take it away. Yeah. So my favorite quote is, with hard work and dedication, anything is possible. And I think that kind of mantra stuck with me in high school, kind of pushed me through college and, you know, deciding to go to grad school while still working full time and has certainly led me down the right path on Waveborn. And just knowing that, you know, if you put your head down and you work really hard, you can accomplish great things, you know, and that kind of perseverance and kind of stick with attitude has has really treated me well. Well, it's important for Fire Nation to really keep this at the forefront of their thoughts because, It is hard work. It is dedication. 
And, you know, my favorite word that actually encompasses all of these things is perseverance. It's those entrepreneurs that are really able to persevere because, I mean, we're not going to, you know, get into this story right, right now. But, you know, that first summer, Mike, that you went to Dewey Beach in Delaware, it's not like you just, you know, sold a million sunglasses and then were contacted, you know, by the sunglasses hut to buy you well for a billion dollars. It's, you know, it's been hard work. It's been dedication. It's been laying groundwork and foundation and growing your company as you want to grow that. And, and that's kind of what I want to transition to now because Mike, Entrepreneur on Fire is about your journey and we specifically like stories. We really want to have that campfire type atmosphere here where you're taking us down to the ground level and sharing with us that specific moment in time and then of course walking us through what happened. So first and foremost, Mike, let's talk about a failure. Let's talk about a time that you, your business, your company, whatever it was, fell flat on your face. And what lessons did you learn? Yeah. So, you know, I think I've got quite a few good stories, both from Dewey and just, you know, the journey in general. And I will say it's been littered with failures. And I think one of the best lessons that I learned being an entrepreneur was to embrace the failure. And, you know, one of the the biggest failures I've ever had was actually this summer. So I had set up a deal with um, Kona Sports, which was a very large retailer um, in Wildwood, New Jersey. They were going to be buying, um, you know, basically the biggest order we'd ever had, about 750 pairs of sunglasses, almost $100,000 worth of inventory. And I went up there, I guess, in mid-June to go deliver the six-foot retail display case. I'd spent five grand getting made by an artisan in Baltimore specifically for them and wanted to kind of finalize the deal and... Uh, I've been working with a buyer for a few months now. I actually got to meet with the owner's son for about an hour, and it went terribly. Um, he was incredibly rude and kind of condescending, and he saw himself as, hey, you know, I have this huge business. You're just this small little sunglass company. I can do whatever I want to do, and kind of completely changed the payment terms and said, you know, we're not going to give you any money for 120 days. We're not going to pay you for things that don't sell. And, you know, I was kind of shocked and appalled and re- you know, he said, hey, you don't have to make a decision right now. Go home, think it over, and you know, come back tomorrow. And so I went home. I talked to our CFO. I talked to a couple of my advisors and said, hey, this is, this is pretty bad. Like Things have really changed. We're definitely not getting the money we thought we were going to get. But at the same time, like I literally rented a van to go deliver this giant case and you know, sunglasses to them. So I said, hey, I think we've got to do it. You know, It's, it's a bummer that it worked out this way. But uh, I went back in the next day, and I saw the buyer. I said, hey, how's it going? He said, oh, I'll be right back. You know, Chris comes out, and within 30 seconds, the owner's son says, I don't like you. I don't like your sunglasses. I don't want to work with you. Get the hell out of my store. And that was the biggest like gut wrenching punch. I think I've, I've ever had, you know, just kind of being there being like, you know, within one day I lost about a hundred thousand dollars for the company because it wasn't even just this order. It was, I had a week long sales trip planned all the way up to Boston. Now I had this $5,000 case in a white van that I couldn't even deliver there. We had to cancel the rest of the trip and go back down to ocean city, Maryland to drop it off at, you know, thankfully we had a big account there that, that we could deliver the display at, but it was really hard. You know, I, I think, you know, a year ago we weren't doing B2B, we weren't doing wholesale. We we're just selling one pair of sunglasses through the website and, you know, you lost a customer, you lost a hundred, 200 bucks, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. Um, losing an account like this really was a reality check and certainly led to a lot of challenges that I've had to overcome over the past month and a half with significantly less sales revenue than we were projecting to have and some d- difficult conversations that followed. But you know, I think one of the things that I really learned from it and came out of it was that I don't want to work with those people. You know, I don't want to have a business where the way we do business is dictated by some bully telling us what we can and cannot do. 
You know, I think on the complete flip side was Quiet Storm in Ocean City, Maryland, where we were able to deliver the display, you know, and I met with the owner. He's willing to bring us on. They have a manager called Sunglass Steve. You know, I love the fact they even have, <laughs> have a guy called Sunglass Steve. And, you know, I talked with him. He was so excited about the brand, loved our social mission and the charity giving. I was like, oh, I can sell so many of these. These lenses from Zeiss are gorgeous. I'm going to get all of my high school, college kids who work for me to definitely, you know, sell your sunglasses this summer. This is going to be a great partnership, you know, and I, I kind of realized like, oh, it can be good. This is what this relationship should look like. You know, um, I don't have a retail or kind of a wholesale B2B background at all. Um, and that kind of restored some faith and made me realize like I can pick who I want to work with. And just because they have millions of dollars doesn't mean that they're the right fit for Waveborn, you know, and finding, you know, maybe it starts more with mom and pop shops and the smaller ones who we work and build a relationship with. And, and that's who we want to do business with. Um, and I think another key lesson I learned was to not count your, uh, you know, chickens before they hatch. There was a lot of things that I had planned to do with that money and planned to see that come through and understanding, you know, with our other retail stores, we need to make sure they sign contracts and we get the paperwork taken care of and have their billing information on file and aren't delivering sunglasses, you know, before they're paid for. Cause we've seen, uh, seen some cases where that hasn't worked out well. So yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a hard one. Mike, I'll tell you, gut-wrenching is just the right word. I mean, I, I felt that when you know you were telling us about how you went in the next day and you met with the owner's son and he had that kind of attitude with you after you know already deciding that you were going to submit, so to speak, to these new terms. It's kind of like dealing with the devil a little bit, you know, Fire Nation. You have to make a decision for yourself. I mean, are you going to, you know, go with the the big boys that, you know, have all the money, but, you know, at the same time control a lot of the chips? You're going to go with the mom and pop stores that understand your mission, your essence, your soul, and are excited about working with you. But, Mike, I have one thing I want to talk about specifically with this part of your journey. But before we get into that, I do want to ask a couple of specifics because, Fire Nation, the listeners, they are just a wide variety of entrepreneurs, but I know a lot of them might be thinking, what could have Mike done in preceding going up there and sitting down, you know, that maybe would have contractually locked this guy in a little bit more so he didn't seem to have this carte blanche, you know, swipe of the pen, it seems, to control everything, and you were just kind of sitting there with a van full of stuff. I mean, what could you have done? And if you were in the same situation again, and let's just say it was a deal you wanted to do this time, what would you do to, to provide some protection for yourself? Yeah. So I think one big thing is, you know, having what we call now an authorized dealer agreement um, and on a, a wholesale term sheet that we get signed by both parties. And, you know, so something we kind of learned coming out of that was, you know, in March and April and May, when I was meeting with Dennis, um, who was the buyer and not the owner's son, um, I think, under also understanding who is the actual decision maker, you know, who is the one who writes the check. And a lot of times I found in talking to retail buyers, they tend to, you know, pass the buck, oh, you gotta talk to this person. And that person says, oh, I'm actually not the right person, it's this person. You know, so navigating the corporate org structure to figure out, you know, who is the one who actually gives final approval. And yeah, I want to get the lower people to like like me and move me up the chain. But if you're not the one who's gonna make the decision, if someone else is going to come in and change everything we've talked about, well then I just want to talk to that person as soon as possible, you know. Um, and, and I think moving forward with our other accounts, we've made a point to, to really finalize the terms, agree on every line item and say, Hey, these are the delivery dates. You know, these are the prices that we're selling to you at. These are the prices you can sell to the end customer at, you know, you can't sell it for any less than this. If you're doing, you know, prescription lenses, we allow you to charge a lot more because eye doctors, you know, can make additional margin on that. Um, 
but really formalizing what our, our business to business relationships are and making sure that both parties are on the same side, that it's fair and equitable for both sides. And, you know, that these are people we want to work with. Um, I think those are a couple, couple things we've tried to implement uh, later this summer to, to avoid this from happening again. So Fire Nation, I mean, the last point I wanted to touch upon in this area is a lot of the principles out of the book, The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz, who's actually a past guest of Entrepreneur on Fire. And he talks about how the best um, pumpkin growers actually get those award-winning pumpkins. They focus on one and all those other pumpkins that are just stealing energy and food and resources from that one major pumpkin, they just snip it off. And you know, in this situation, Mike needed to realize that yes, this could have been a massive pumpkin for him, but you know, all the amount of energy and just the control he was going to lose wasn't worthwhile. It was time for him to snip that off and choose who he wanted to work with, who was going to resonate with his mission, which is a great mission that's out there. And that's what Waveborn is all about. So Mike, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's going to help a lot of our listeners prepare and hopefully avoid similar situations when they, you know, make sure that they have those agreements in place before big expenditures and big commitments are made on their ends, the Fire Nation's ends. So what I want to do now is go to another story. And this time, Mike, it's, it's an aha moment. It's a light bulb that's gone off at some point in your entrepreneurial journey. And again, just like you told us that story, and I felt like I was there with you when the sun basically delivered that gut-wrenching display I want you to tell a story about this moment as well, this aha moment, and the steps you took to turn it into success. Sure. So I think, um, you know, I've certainly had a, a winding road of an entrepreneurial journey over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, that first summer I quit and I moved to Dewey Beach. I lived at the beach for the summer. After the summer was over, I, I went back to D.C. for the fall and, you know, I was working on the company, but sunglasses is a very seasonal business. So wasn't entirely sure what my next steps were. And what I realized was that I need to go to California. Um, it's, it's very sunny in California. It's warm there. There's a lot of businesses there. There's also a lot of investors and startups. So what I actually did in the fall, of, I guess this is 2012, I planned for a month-long trip from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego. And the goal of that trip was to, one, meet with investors uh, as we were trying to raise some capital for the company at that point in time, as well as to meet with buyers at surf shops and retail stores uh, out there on the West Coast. So I was able to raise about $40,000 from friends and family around oh. Christmas time to, to fund this month-long trip, you know, pay for a rental car. And um, I have quite a few friends out on the West Coast, largely from the Ultimate Frisbee community, you know, former teammates from Boston College or D.C. and Georgetown and club teams, and managed to actually just stay on friends' couches across the whole journey, which was, was pretty great. And so I spent my first week in San Francisco and met with a couple investors there, uh, also met with some fellow Georgetown alums and was able to, you know, kind of give my pitch and kind of hone in on it. You know, from there, I went down to Palo Alto and was able to actually meet with a friend at Facebook. And I got a tour of Facebook's campus, which was pretty cool. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years, was actually able to have him uh, invest quite a bit of money in the company this summer. And then from there, I went to a company called WePay. And so WePay was uh, actually founded by a computer science classmate of mine at BC. He was a year older than Bill, mine. Bill, right? Yeah, Bill He's Clarico. a past guest of Entrepreneur on Fire. He crushed it. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great to hear. Uh, yeah, so he was, um, I'd always kind of looked up to him and met with him, kind of told him my story. I said, hey, we're trying to raise some money and also trying to sell a lot of sunglasses. And, you know, the best piece of advice that he had was to stop trying to raise money and to go sell them to the customers. You know, unlike a lot of other tech startups or whatever else, like 
have a physical product. You know, like we sell sunglasses, we make them for one price, we sell them for another. He said, why don't you go do a crowdfunding campaign? That way you won't need to front the money for all the sunglasses these people want to buy. Um, you'll be able to tell your story and really build a lot of brand recognition and buzz around it. And out of that whole month-long trip, you know, that was the best piece of advice and thing that I took away from it. And I went home and actually spent two and a half months prepping for a crowdfunding campaign uh, that we would launch on April 23rd, 2013. And, you know, a lot, I've since, you know, shared a lot of advice about crowdfunding and it's a lot of work that goes into it. Making the video was a huge production and that's like 50% of the whole thing, you know, coming up with the different perks, the copy and telling my network before the launch of the campaign, you know, Hey, we're getting ready to launch this thing in two weeks. We'd love your support on day one. Hey, this thing's going live next week on, on day one. I really want you to back it. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's day one. You know, we're trying to raise $10,000 to pre-sell our summer inventory. We've got these great Italian sunglasses. If you buy a pair, we're going to donate a pair of prescription reading glasses to Unite for Sight. Um, it's going to be awesome. So, you know, that first 24 hours um, was one of the most exciting days of my mm-hmm. life. And we actually managed to reach our entire goal of $10,000 in less than a day and a half. Um and, you know, that kind of came out of Bill's advice. I went and I worked very hard on it. I was dedicated. I persevered, you know. And all of a sudden I was like, holy cow, this is a real thing. You know, we have enough customers that we can sell $10,000 worth of sunglasses, you know, in a day and a half. You know, I, I realized, hey, this is a business and it's really going to work and be successful. And that was kind of a shining moment, I would say, uh, in the company's history. And quite frankly, one of the best days of my life. And let me ask you a question, Mike. How much equity did you give away during that crowdfunding campaign? Zero percent. Zero percent, Fire Nation. So this is such a great point, such a great aha moment. And, you know, I really want Fire Nation to absorb this because, and you know, it's just across the board, Mike. I have so many friends right now, you know, that are so inspiring, such great entrepreneurs with so much heart and so much energy, and they're spending all of this energy chasing around venture capitalists trying to get in front of people so they can raise money so they can give away some of their equity of their company so they can you know have round a round b all this different financing and what are they not doing they're not actually doing the thing the thing that they are claiming that is going to become this great business you fire nation the entrepreneur you need to get out and you need to actually sell sunglasses if you are going to going to have sunglasses for me I had to create podcasts. I did seven a week. I did a daily podcast and I still do. You need to be what you, you need to do what you want to be. And, you know, so Bill, great past guest. I recommend going to eofire.com slash Bill Clerico. Amazing story. He has a great mindset as well. And it's really cool that he's actually a past guest has given a current guest his aha moment. And I find I just really want you to, to absorb the fact that you need to actually be doing the thing that you're going to do. Don't be wasting all this time, energy, and effort in all of these different ventures that's not doing the thing. So Mike, great aha moment. That was my biggest takeaway. Sum it up for Fire Nation into just one sentence, one takeaway that you want us to apply from that period in your life. Yeah, so I would say in one sentence, you know, stop focusing on investors and start focusing on selling your product or service. You know, your customers should be able to fund your business if it's going to be successful. Love that. 
So Mike, you've had a lot of incredibly proud moments. The reality is you might have already shared your proudest moment that first day that your crowdfunding went live. If it is that, then share your second proudest moment because you've already told that story. But I want to hear your proudest or second proudest entrepreneurial moment. Tell us. Yeah, so I I do think that is my number one moment. Cool. Um, And, you know, in terms of the second proudest, I would say, you know, I was able to raise a round of $300,000 in April. And, you know, I had a phone call where I actually got an investment for about a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. And that was life changing and business changing and, you know, really helped to to fund everything we've been able to accomplish this summer. Now, do you think that would have happened if you hadn't had that crowdfunding success in your past? No, not at all. That was definitely a prerequisite or at least, you know, part of the story that led me to to being able to convince this investor. Um, And I'd actually talked to the investor right after our crowdfunding campaign, you know, and told him about it then. And, you know, fast forward nine months or so, it worked out well. Love it. So Mike, let's bring things to present time and talk about today. What is the one thing that has you most fired up about Waveborn right now? So it's the sunglasses themselves. Um, you know, we started the company back in 2011. We had one model and three colors. And, you know, John, I sent you that catalog last week. Yeah. We now have uh, 16 different models and over 140 different styles. And it's incredible to see the actual physical product, to get to touch and feel them and, you know, our creative director, Foreman, and I have gone over the design several times and updated them. You know, we went from these little pad printing logos that would kind of wear off to now we have like a three-dimensional metallic plaque on the side that says Waveborn. We have our little Wave logo etched onto the lenses. On the inside, we have a little tagline on different models. Like one of them is Restoring Sight, Transforming Lives, which is the, um, the slogan for C International, one of our nonprofits that we donate to. And like, I just love the new sunglasses. We just got a shipment in from Italy a couple weeks ago. And literally every time a package arrives, it's like Christmas. You know, <laughs> we, we ordered and designed these things back in March and <laughs> April. They're finally showing up and to, unopen, to unwrap the package and open them and, you know, get to deliver them to customers now and see the joy on their faces when they get the product. You know, I think that's, that's really exciting to me. Powerful. And real quick, Mike, is there a cool origin story of the name Waveborn? A wave of social change being born. Whoa, wave born. (laughs) There you go. So Mike, we're about to enter the lightning round, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. 
My favorite thing about owning and running my own business is the freedom to do the things that I'm passionate about and the freedom to be truly location independent. With the help of the incredible internet, I'm able to stay in touch with my audience via social media, provide valuable content that's scheduled so I never skip a beat, and engage via email with partners to ensure everything is running smoothly. And with the help of eVoice, I'm also able to stay in touch via phone. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, and a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into your business phone. So whether I'm on tropical vacation or running around like a madman running my business, I always have the ability to be in touch when I want to be. Want to try it for yourself? Go to evoice.com slash fire now to get your 30-day free trial. In Fire Nation, right now, evoice is offering you $5 off your bill every month. Stay connected with evoice and go to evoice.com slash fire. That's evoice.com slash fire. Mike, welcome to the Lightning Rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The fear. The fear that the fear of, the fear of failure, the fear fear that I wouldn't be able to have enough money to provide for myself. You know, what would my parents think? What would my friends and family think? You know, I was at a very, very good job at Deloitte. I was, you know, gonna be making six figures if I was still there. And to kind of walk away from that and say, Hey, you know, I want to remove this ceiling on my income and I believe running this business full time, putting my energy, my heart and soul into it. Um, is going to be more successful. And I think it took almost a year to overcome that fear and, you know, be confident in, in my ability to do this and, and to make it be successful. What is the best advice, Mike, you've ever received? Embrace failure. You know, I, I talk a lot about failing and failing fast and failing forward and learning from failure. You know, I, I think one of the big issues with the education system today is that kids are trained that you need to get a 90% or better to be an A or to get an A, you know. Um, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you complete 60% of your passes, you're doing great. You know, if you play baseball, you get a hit one third of the time, you're probably making the all-star team. Uh, in e-commerce realm, if I convert 2% of the people who come to my website into customers, I'm crushing it. <laughs> Literally. If you're only failing 98% of the time, you are crushing it. Yeah. And I think taking that mindset and now applying that to every other aspect of my life, whether it's, you know, asking a girl out or trying to get a new business partnership, whatever it may be, you know, if, if things don't work, that's fine. Learn from it and move on and know that it's not a bad thing to fail. It's a bad thing to fail and then not do anything about it. Mike, what's one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? I sleep eight hours every night. Um, I think that is something I learned after Deloitte and realized that, you know, my body does need rest to kind of recharge. Um, I'd say in the 16 hours that I'm awake every day, I'm hustling for about 14 of them. Um, so realizing that, Hey, if I go to bed at one, I sleep until nine, I wake up, I wire in from nine to 12. I'll start doing meetings from 12 to four, from four to five. I like to take a nap every day. Um, I found even a quick 20, 30 minutes there gives me the energy I need to then keep going until about 11 or midnight that night. So I definitely think sleep is important. And you know, the quality of work you do diminishes if you think, Oh, I'm just going to stay up and never sleep. Like you got to take care of your body in order to, to be smart and do the things you need to do. Your body is your temple, Fire Nation. We just had a great episode recently with Sean Stevenson, who's the author of 21 Ways to Sleep Smarter. And I can tell you, Mike, I've already applied like 16 of them. They're incredible. But of course, one of them is 
get, you know, at least seven to eight hours of sleep every single night. And it's just a requirement. Mike, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? Sure. So I'm a, I'm a Windows guy. So I use a tool called Brevy, B-R-E-E-V-Y. Uh, they also have it for Macs. It's called Text Expander. And basically what it does is you can type in short little keyword, hit a semicolon, and then it'll populate it with all of the pre-saved text. So this is great for website URLs, for Google Docs, um, for email message templates, and allows me to send and type the same thing over and over again without having to remember all of it or spend a few minutes typing it. So I probably have over 50 different shortcuts that I type a few letters, I hit a semicolon, and all of a sudden the whole thing is, is populated and there to go. Uh, it's a great way to copy and paste you know, 10 different things and have them all saved. So I definitely recommend that people download and start using that. It might be like 30 bucks or something, but it's already saved months of my life just not having to type the same message <laughs> over and over again. You only have to type john at entrepreneuronfire.com so many times, Fire Nation, before you figure out Text Expander, for me, because I'm a Mac guy, is worth the investment. And you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about today at eofire.com slash Mike Malloy. Mike, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Um, it would be The Five Levels of Leadership, Proven Steps to Maximize Your Potential by John C. Maxwell. Um, I read this book while I was still at Deloitte, and it taught me a lot about leadership and kind of how you move up the different levels of leadership, what the world kind of looks like on those levels. And I think one of the key themes is that good leaders don't make good followers. Good leaders make other good leaders. You know, And as you move up, let's say, from a level three to a level four, you're also bringing people from level two to level three and from level one to level two. And in reading the book, I was able to compare that to several different aspects of my life, whether it was, you know, at Deloitte, where I was only a consultant and there were managers and partners above me. And my partner at the time, Vishal, was an excellent example of a level five leader who, you know, motivated and inspired those below him to do great work, even if I only talked to him for 30 minutes once a month. Um, and then I was also able to see, you know, in the ultimate Frisbee community, I was a coach of a, a Frisbee team as well as the captain of another team and it was more in the, you know, level four, level five area and trying to develop other ultimate Frisbee players to not only be better players, but also better leaders on their college teams when they finish playing with me on the summer club team. So I definitely think that's a great book for any entrepreneur or someone who wants to you know, become a better leader, which I think all of us can, can certainly improve our leadership. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Mike, this next question is the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? So that is, that is a doozy. And you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I want to play Ultimate Frisbee. And this is you, Mike. This is you, Mike Malloy. So go for it. Yeah. You know, I would want to, you know, probably use the laptop and the 500 bucks to at least order a couple of Frisbees and get them sent to me and, you know, try to make some friends with the people around me and teach them how to play the sport. You know, I think, you know, one option is, hey, you know, how can I make the most money with this $500? This is a brand new world. I want to start teaching people how to play this sport that I love and, you know, how I've been able to make so many great friends and relationships and, I think that would be a great way to, to spend that first week. And from there, I bet in playing Frisbee with people, I could find some couches that I could stay on for free and some people who had some food that would probably feed me after. Well, your food and shelter is taken care of, so that's not even oh. a concern. Oh, well, there you go. 
Um, and then I think from there, I, you know, I'd probably want to start uh, building a new company. I don't know exactly what it would be. It probably wouldn't be sunglasses, but I think everything I've learned from running this sunglass business, there's a lot of you know, different online sales and marketing tips and tricks that I've acquired that um, I'd probably try to find a business partner, someone to start it with me. So it wasn't just me by myself, <laughs> you know, some sort of co-founder, I think would It'd probably be somebody you met on the ultimate Frisbee field and fire nation. That's what's so powerful is what Mike is sharing is it's the power of relationships is the power of networking. That's the most powerful thing that's come out for me of the 600 and now 90 interviews I've done with successful and inspiring entrepreneurs. And Mike, thank you for being so inspiring with us, Fire Nation today. Why don't you end by giving our listeners just one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so I'm going to circle back to that first mantra of with hard work and dedication, anything is possible. You know, and if that's your mindset and if you are willing to work incredibly hard, you can achieve whatever you want. And, you know, I'd say the best way to get in touch with me is to go to waveborn.com and order your first pair of Waveborn sunglasses and then shoot me an email and tell me how much you love them and um, would love to, you know, stay connected with people who are spreading the Waveborn movement and helping to donate additional eyeglasses to Unite for Sight and fund cataract surgeries with C International. You know, I think... Everyone can do their part to give back to the global community and look forward to connecting with your listeners, John, and I'm happy to do anything else I can to help. So cool, Mike. Well, you know, first off, thank you for sharing your journey. It has been inspiring. And Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Mike and myself today. So keep up the heat. And Mike, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been chatting about, your resource, book recommendation, Waveborn website, eofire.com. Just type Mike, M-I-K-E, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. And Mike, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, find out the top five strategies to grow your podcast audience on the free podcast workshop that Kate and I host every week. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 